Welcome, my name is Matt, and I'm here with Andrew. Today we're going to be talking about The Karate Kid, the wisdom of Miyagi, and his tragic life, and whether Daniel is really all that likable. So grab your popcorn and Reese's Pieces, and let's break it down on the Post-Credit Podcast. That's literally... That's not what they're trying to do in the TV the show, world. too. Well, no, they, uh, he did do that. They had a little uh, mini flashpoint, but it really it, it didn't go into any detail like that. I mean, they, they only have a limited budget, so I wasn't mad at them for it, but at least they tried. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, um, you have not seen one episode of Cobra, Cry, uh, Cobra Kai, correct? No, I have not. I've, I've, I wanted to watch it, but, but again, you know, like... For some reason, I heard that the character uh, Ralph Macchio was not in it that much, and I was like, "Eh, really gonna kind of have a, a a character about William Zabka, Johnny's character." You know, it, you just kind of really don't have. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. Like I was like, "Eh, you know, it looks good, but you know, I hopefully it doesn't surround around it." But from what you were telling me, that there's just a lot more detail in it, and then we'll, we'll definitely be talking about that, about uh, the the theories and the. Uh, the uh, what is it? The, I guess the theories they have about actually uh, Mr. Miyagi and Daniel's son, or like the mythology of it all. Well, all well, that. no, no, just the um, a lot of people what people are saying about that the roles are actually reversed. You know, yeah. that these are the bad guys. Kind of um, like my confession here is that I've I've never been a huge fan of Karate Kid. Me and you, which oh, used, I was me. And you watched that when we were younger, but I think that was more your thing. I really liked Karate Kid when I was younger, but it's nothing that really stuck with me like a lot of other movies, Indiana Jones, Star Wars. I mean, Star Wars is for everybody, but, yeah, um, you know, certain other types of, uh, you know, movies. When we're, we're saying Star Wars. Okay, want to <laughs> let people know that. Not the sequels, the three sequels that came out, Yeah, but Star Wars. But I've never There's been. A difference. I've never been a big fan of these. The well, I mean, I'm no, obviously okay. Obviously, I am a fan of uh, Karate Kid. It's yeah. just it never stuck with me. You know, um, yeah. uh, I was younger than you when when these movies came out. Obviously, um, look at that budget for that movie. Where's that? Eight million dollars, right there. Oh yeah, it, the budget eight million dollars. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but no, I, that fine. just kind of blows me away nowadays comparing. Yeah, well, I mean, and you got a lot of movies. I mean, even big action blockbusters back in the day, you know, going for twenty to fifty million, and nowadays it's like two hundred million <laughs> over for like dollars. Avengers movies and different things. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, the the difference between the Karate Kid and Cobra Kai is <clears throat> the main character in it is Johnny, and now he's still a prick. He's still a, a jerk and everything. But, you know, he's not like he was when he was a teenager where it was kind of, you know, a little bit of sadistic nature to it and everything. He's more just kind of uh, a jerk, and, and now he's just like kind of a grumpy jerk and everything. But You're, ta- you're talking about Johnny, right? Yeah, we okay. get into that. I don't want to start yeah. reviewing Cobra Kai because you haven't seen it yet. Um, just so people know, we are going to be doing Cobra Kai, I believe, after this episode. Um, coming up here soon, though, we'll be doing Cobra Kai. Um 
uh, Drew hasn't seen it, so I want to give him a chance to watch it and uh, and and evaluate it and everything, and then we'll do an episode on it. Um, we we wanted to do Karate Kid. Uh, you you'd brought forth this idea and everything. I I was like. Uh, should we do all of the Karate Kids? Because we can't just do one because there's so many. I think we finally kind of settled on the fact that we're just going to do the f- the first two. Right, right, right. Because those really are what relates to Cobra Kai going on. Three Part three has no, you know, we, we can skip that. Uh, I mean, the, it does, it, part three does have, it, it's a lot of Cobra Kai stuff, but it's, it's kind of like a, you know, look into Cobra Kai on who sponsors it financially, and and you know, the, even even the master of Cobra Kai, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, oh man, it's just, it's gonna annoy me. Uh, You're talking about the Jerry Mark Silver, Silver or yeah, Crease, Crease, Crease. Yeah, yeah. The the guy that basically created Cobra Kai. You know, he, he he's there at the very beginning. He's just uh, of the second film, and he's just very da- downtrodden, and uh, you know. I'm sorry, not the second, the third film. Uh, he's very downtrodden, and then the, his sponsor... He got his butt kicked in the He last got his one. butt kicked by Mr. Miyagi, and, and, you know, he's just really downtrodden, and, and he gets sent on vacation Why the, the guy that, that sponsors everything and pays for everything ends up becoming the uh, antagonist in the in the movie, which is, you know, it's, it's good, whatever, but we, we feel like the first two movies were really kind of the... Uh, and more so just the first one. The yeah. second one had some good stuff that I like about it, did. it and everything. It did. And and it was kind of cool to see see, you know, the the Japan back in the, you know, the 70s yeah. and and the you know, what what it's kind of based like what the 70s uh late 70s, maybe early 80s kind of thing, you know. Are you talking about when the movie was actually set? Yes. No, yes. it was set in its modern day which was in the 80s. Okay. Well, you know, it, it just felt like um, yeah. This one, the fir- the first one was um, 1984. Yeah. And uh, when when did the second movie come out? Uh, hmm. we'll have to look that up. But um, it probably was. You know, you know, you know how movies back then in the 80s. You know, they were just churning them out. You know, usually it was within a year or two. Had to have only been a few years. Yeah, later where or yeah, where like all the that. other ones are are kind of like you 1986. Know, two yeah, years two after. Years. So. You know, nowadays, you know, you'll you'll wait ten years to watch a sequel, you know, and and things like that. Yeah, but I mean, it had it had some of the characters that it has in um, in Cobra Kai and everything. It still had uh, William uh, Williams uh, Zabka, um, uh, who's, Bri- who's briefly, uh, well, in the just in the opening few scenes. Yeah. And the interesting about thing about Karate Kid Part Two, that opening scene in the parking lot where uh, where uh, Miyagi takes uh crease down a peg or two um that one was original that was originally supposed to be the ending of part one well if you watch it on fx you can actually watch that ending on part one yeah because they and they didn't film it for part one the the actual scenes were filmed when they uh, two years later but they made it look like it was still part of part one but yeah that was supposed to be the the original ending um, but they wanted it to be more about Daniel's victory, and, than- and, and all the and all the original Karate Kids, not the next Karate Kid, but the the, the first three, they they pretty much flash back the same exact scene. Well, okay, the the second and third one, obviously, but they they pretty much flash back this the beginning or the very end of they the do first a, like movie, kind of a previously movie. on yeah, the Karate Kid, absolutely. Instead and, of previously on Smallville, it's previously <laughs> on the Karate Kid. But but you know it's it's. Uh, 
these movies were so classic. I, I was such a fan because, uh, man, I even played the the game on Nintendo, and I was addicted. You know, catching the flies, yeah, breaking remember, the ice. I remember doing that. Yeah, it, the, the video game was amazing. And then just these movies in general, I mean, it, it just kind of showed – you know, a, a boy from from the East Coast driving to the West Coast. You got to do air just, quotes when you say "boy." Okay, the, this man child that happened to be, uh, I think, sixteen in the movie, but was twenty two. Twenty three. Okay, twenty twenty three. Well, because Elizabeth Shue, she he was, was born in sixty one. Twenty. And the movie right? came out in eighty four, so he was, he had to have been twenty three at least when it came out. Maybe right. He was twenty two when it first. Right. Right. But but if if you know. If you've seen Ralph Macho, like in Psych, for instance, mm-hmm. you know you see him. He still looks the twice. same age. I mean, he, well, he looks a little bit grown up in, in Psych. He's definitely weathered a bit, but I mean, yeah, but he feel, looks. A you lot feel like, like he's still in his twenties, yeah. and maybe you know? that's just because it was so so inter- instrumental to our childhood. Yeah, I, mean, I think any karate move that I know, any kind of kick or punch that I do, right. is from either that movie or the Ninja. It Turtles. really got me into martial arts. I, yeah. I feel like Karate Kids did it. I mean, and if you watch these fight scenes. Um, in, in both these movies and in, in pretty much all of them, you know, you know, it, it looks like they really did kick each other and, 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 you know, hit each other. I mean, it was just the fighting wasn't like nowadays where it's, you know, you're getting people doing backflips, side flips, throwing swords and and doing these crazy backwards kicks, you know, where Karate Kid, Karate Kid you know, the fight scenes were very realistic. realistic. Well, and it's, it's, it's um, what do they call it? Uh, it's professional martial arts tournament. So, I mean, yeah. um, you get disqualified. Okay, so we can get into this here in a minute, but I mean, they, they, he does a crane kick at the end. Yeah. Uh, and it's how the, it's, it's a the very movie. famous scene. It right. It really is. But in realistic, there are people that have broken that down and look into uh, karate tournament rules and stuff like that. In karate tournaments, you are not supposed to kick or hit in the face. full contact a hundred percent. Yeah. And that's what a crane kick is. It's a hundred percent kick. You're supposed to land your punches, your strikes, but not at 100% like you're hurting somebody. You're supposed yeah. to land them for the point. Yeah. So it's not really a fight. It's not really a fighting tournament. It's about the arts. It's about being able to, to block and to land your hits yeah. properly. It's not about full contact, 100%. So, yeah, that, that, that crane but, kick, that would have gotten him disqualified, actually. Yeah. And take away that crane kick. And then um, <laughs> also in that, that silly punch, double-fisted punch he does at the end of the second one, don't get it twisted. One of my favorite scenes. Okay, but that silly punch was just kind of like, you know, I mean, well, okay, he, you hit that guy about 45 times and he goes back and forth, you know, at least about the 14th, maybe 16th time he's going to fall down. It's the drum technique, you know, know. and he, it was he, pretty amazing. I, I'm not he even lie, asked like, earlier in the movie. He said, is there a counter counter strike to that drum technique? Meaning, you know, it was a block. It was a way to move out of the way of yeah. a strike and a block. And he's saying, okay, is there a counter punch? Like, can I move away and block and then punch at the same time? Yeah. So do, do a counter strike and everything. And he ended up doing that. It looked ridiculous at the end because <laughs> it looked like he was just taking his hands and just kind of throwing it at <laughs> yeah. the guy's face. Like, like, a, like, it reminded me of like a uh, a T Rex trying to get in a fist fight, you know, right. with, a, with a boxer or something like that. I mean, it, it ain't happening, you know. But I, you know. Here's the thing with the, those two. Take out those two moves, right? The rest of it looked. It was very, very realistic, and that's what I loved about this movie because it wasn't. Again, it wasn't about a bunch of flips and stuff like that, and it was wasn't so much about, you know, 
technique and and being good at martial arts. I mean, hell, in, in the first one, he trains what for like uh, a month or something, and then he be- and then he ends up going on to win the tournament. Uh, he got there in the summertime. Um, oh, it was it December nineteenth? Yeah, because when when Johnny was uh, about to get on the beach and see. Daniel for the first time. Yeah, um, he was talking about he's no more, no no longer a degenerate. So he probably had just joined the Cobra Kai or whatever. And he said, you know, starting tomorrow is senior year. So when he when Johnny the bully first meets uh, Daniel's son, it's the day before school starts. So you got to imagine August, September, October, November, December, four months. Yeah, four months yeah. of training that he had. But but then he uh, goes on to win the whole tor- tournament. Not not saying that. That's not possible, but in a way, it kind of isn't. You know, I mean, it's it's not so much about you know. I know it's called the Karate Kid, and I know it's a lot of fighting and things like that. But I I feel like it wasn't about the fighting. You know, it was about you know believing in yourself, believing believing the fact that somebody you know that that's not even from that area and and things like that that can come in and really, you know the closeness you know the the relationships you know i mean his his relationships he he had to insert himself into a culture you know of being in california from being the east coast you know coming all the way to california he had to insert himself and and get along with people and he seemed like he did that very well but then you know which i'm sorry it doesn't really happen in real life that that you know karate's more uh, popular than like football or baseball, but it was back in the day. I mean, I don't know if we remember. That's one of the notes that I had here is like karate was crazy popular, and he's reading it out of books, and people are trying to get into it and everything. And I think a lot of it had to do with like kung fu movies that were coming out back in the day, and Bruce, Bruce Lee, Lee influence, yeah. and all but, that. But, kind but of I, stuff. but I feel like it wasn't. There's no Marvel even it, had a character called Karate Kid, yeah, and they actually yeah. had to ask, or no, not Marvel, DC, and they had to ask DC's permission to use that yeah. title because DC owns yeah. the, the name Karate Kid. But 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 you know, it, it in a way it was just it. I felt like, you know, nothing is in in, in America. I, I feel like nothing's really bigger than you know football. Yeah, baseball comes pretty close, but you know when it comes down to down to it, football. During that era, probably was a lot baseball more so probably at that time period. But you know these other sports were were you know you got lettered in football or baseball. You didn't get lettered in karate. Soccer was pretty popular in this. It was. School. It was. I don't know why though. It's weird know, because when I was going to school, soccer was popular when you were like six years old, seven years old. You know, you'd be on the orange team or the blue yeah. team or whatever. <laughs> but they're playing high, uh, soccer in high school. That's weird. I, I, I don't but, know. Some schools do that. Well, and if you notice, you know, when when they were on the beach, right, they weren't throwing a football around. They were kicking the soccer ball. Right. You know, and but, but you know. It's it, funny because Elizabeth Shue is actually a soccer player. And so she's yeah. actually much better than Daniel, and he's like teaching her how to I know, kick like, the ball and but, everything. But I mean, but she's you, actually really you good notice what player. he was doing. I mean, he did keep that ball up for quite a while, you know, when yeah, he, he did was a good her. job. But but again, you know, come back to this that you know it's not so much um, a movie about fighting as it is as um, clashing cultures. You know, I mean, in, in the sense of you know, you have an old man who who has been, you know, he he joined the military even though he's from Okinawa. You know, he, he's, he brought his own culture to this country, you know, planting bonsai trees and things like that, you know, and that, that's his, his symbol and stuff. But then you get this kid from the East Coast that moves to the West Coast who, who's in a whole different culture, you know, and, and how they can relate to each other, how it's basically like an old man who lost a child in birth 
and his wife, mind you, you know, and then he gets another child or another chance at being a, kind of a father figure for this mm-hmm. guy, you know, because Daniel's father died early, you know, and, and so it's kind of like, like him, you know, Miyagi being, you know, a surrogate father to him and kind of try to teach him how to be a man, you know, like he, he dresses him, he, he get, tells him how to do the cars and, you know, work on cars and, and uh, you know, gives him a car and things like that, you know, stuff that, that your father, your grandfather would do for you, you know, and, and he really, uh, you know, it wasn't about teaching him martial arts, right? you know, because... <laughs> Because well, he, I think there was even a line. He's like, uh, "I learn it so I don't have to fight." Yes, and he well, goes, very and, good, Daniel. And, and, and that's when when Daniel said that to Mr. Miyagi. That's when you could tell. That's when Mr. Miyagi said, "Okay, I will train him. You know, I, I'm going to teach him these ways and and whatnot. You know, and 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 this movie was, you know, really you could tell it was a setup type movie. You know, I mean, it wasn't really, you know, there's a little bit of drama here and there, but it wasn't really like a. You you, you kind of got the feeling that they were they did this because they they were going to make multiple movies. Yeah, yeah. You know, the Karate Kid it came out in 1984. Uh, uh, it starts uh, stars Ralph Macchio as Daniel uh, Larusso, Pat Morita as uh, Miyagi. Uh, Pat Morita's given name is uh, Noriyuki Morita. Um, and probably he, butchered he, that, he, but that's okay. No, Noriyuki. Oh. Um, but he, he went by Pat, <laughs> he went by Pat Morita. Uh, it also has Elizabeth Shue, uh, a bunch of other people that we'll get to. But um, um, remember, he was in Happy Days. Pat Morita was was he was worked in the diner in in Happy Days. He had you know normal voice and everything like that. When he when 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 the director was talking about bringing him on board to play the Miyagi character, uh, you know the producer, this Weintraub guy, um, he wasn't happy about it. Um, he didn't want like some comedic. Uh, actor to come in and right. he actually made the comment which was funny to Pat Morita that he's like I wish we could get a real Japanese guy in here <laughs> and he's just like are you kidding me he's like I am Japanese I mean come on <laughs> have and you seen my name <laughs> so it was but he went by Pat Morita yeah. and so he t- he suggested to him why don't you put my my given name on there to kind of give me more uh, authenticity and then he also he went and did another um um uh, what do you call it? A tryout? <laughs> What's an actor tryout? Oh, uh, uh, screen test or uh, a reading? Why can we not? I, I don't know. Why can we not think of this word? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, audition. There we go. <laughs> so he it's does. He anything. when he did the audition, you know, he lowered his voice and put a, a, a Japanese uh, accent on it and everything like that. Because if and, you know, if you again, you know, it, maybe Happy Days is a little too old for you, but I mean, the guy. He speaks like me and you. I mean, he, he has no accent. It's it's not. In, in fact, he, he's it's an American accent. He's, it's an American accent. Accent, and he he is known for being comedic, not right, not so right. much for being serious roles. This and is so, his most famous role in his is. lifetime. But before this role, he was a comedic actor, and he was known for being a comedic actor. And the producer didn't want him. And can you imagine this movie without him? Yeah. Um. No. Not at all. And 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 the same thing. You know, like with Ralph Macchio, who, who, if you guys watched, uh, what is that one famous book? The Outsiders. Outsiders. Yeah. That's I mean, such he, a good movie. And he did such an he outstanding played, job. He played in Johnny that. in that. Yeah. That, uh, I know. He got to. But he was such a good actor in that movie, and and um, he again, he's one of these actors that really don't age physically, you know. Um, but he really didn't do much after Karate Kid, I don't think. I mean, you know, I mean, he wasn't known for anything besides Karate Kid. You he know, he did. He did uh, the next Karate Kid. No, he didn't. 
No, he didn't do next Karate Kid. Pat Morita? No, Ralph Macchio. Oh, I thought you were talking about Pat no, Morita. I was Pat like, Morita wasn't in The Outsiders. No, no, no yeah. Well, I know you're talking about <laughs> The Outsiders and stuff, but then I thought you would transition back no. to, uh, to I, Pat Morita. I, I hate to say it. I mean, the, the guy's got a lot of credits and stuff like that, but he, you know, he's really not so it's mainly much, just TV roles, and yeah. cartoons and shorts and everything like that. I think he probably goes to around. He peaked. He peaked at, <laughs> at Karate Kid. That's that was his peak. You know, not knocking him because I mean he did a lot of other roles, and I'm pretty sure he's probably going to retire very very nice and again you know we, we know him from psych you know which he he played an outstanding you know he he was a cop or he was a uh he he worked for the police academy uh, he was a cop but he was a teacher at the police academy but you know e- either way you know he he's he was he's, also in an oscar worthy movie do you remember which one that was we have actually talked about the actress who won the oscar for that movie and on the podcast or, or, or on in, the podcast we did on an actress that won Marissa Tomei. Oh, my cousin Vinny. He was That's he, right. He was one, him Vin- and the other guy were the ones that got in trouble. That's right. And Vinny and Marissa Tomei right. had to come get them off of it. Right. But again, you know, that's kind of one of those roles where you remember, you know, um uh, Marissa Tomei and Joe and, Pesci, and Joe Pesci yeah. but you know, you really but you're right. I, I do remember that now. But again, yeah. you know, he did peek at that, but there's nothing wrong with that because he for for all existence, he is gonna be known as the karate kid. You know, not Jaden Smith or Hillary Skank. Is it Skank? Hillary Skank? No, 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 no. It's Hillary Swank, right? Swank. Yes, okay, yes. Are we'll you being silly? Yes, I am. Okay, Just I was going to say, that's rude. <laughs> no, don't get me wrong. I mean, she's an Oscar-worthy uh, um, actress. I mean, she's not, not, not my opinion, but... I, I like no, the I, office I episode where they're debating on whether <laughs> yeah, she's hot what, or not. Me and my wife were talking about that. It's like one of those that. things you're just like, yeah. is she? Is she? Because you're like... they switch sides? I don't know why it's like... It, it, it's like they, they picked a perfect person for that conversation because you're like, yeah, because she's hot, but... Is she? <laughs> but but I mean, think about it. You know, what is the movie that she came out with? Was Clueless or not Clueless? Uh, uh, was it Clueless? Which uh, who? No, no, Buffy. She came out in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, Hillary Swank. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. She was in Buffy, but it, she was in Boys Don't Cry. I know, but what I'm saying is, is, is she is such a hit and miss actress. But let, let, let's get off this million dollar baby. I know, but th- no, that's what I'm saying. I mean, she's done some really, really great picks, and then some Oscar worthy great picks, and then some really kind of garbage. But you know, besides all that, you know, you get you get Ralph Macho and Pat Morito in, in a movie that, you know, th- these guys are a perfect team, you know, they yeah. really are. And, 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 you know, in the first one, you know, they're, they're getting to know each other and they're, they're really got that bond going, you know, in the second one, it's Daniel's pulling away because, you know, he's becoming an adult, you know, it's a coming of an age story, really. You know, if you think about it, because he, he's becoming an adult, he's starting to learn how to drive. He's starting to learn about well, girls. In the he's first, to... Yeah. In the first one, you're, you're looking at what makes Daniel tick, you know, what are the, what are the problems in his life? What does he want to fix? What are his goals? Um, how is he going through this? And the second one is kind of, it gets into Miyagi's past, you know, Daniel's yeah. kind of along for the ride. He's got his own issues with, uh, Miyagi's friends, student, uh, who's a jerk throughout the whole thing? But but, it, but you're right, you're right. That first one's more so about Daniel's son, where the second one is is more so. I say Daniel's son just because it's just <laughs> a natural for me to say that. Okay. Well, but, and his not, his last name is not Son. I, I want you to make sure that you know I, that. I know, and I know in the culture, <laughs> in the culture, you know. they they do they do say that a lot. Son, and and just like with a lot of different languages, you know, they say the last name first. Did you know that? Yeah. And, and, but 
But anyways, you know, the first Karate Kid was all about Daniel, and then the second one was really all about Mr. Miyagi. In fact, in fact, you could even see the difference in, as far as Daniel's character. You know, in the first one, he's kind of walking around a little scared. You know, he's because he, he he doesn't have that knowledge, he doesn't have that training or anything else, so he's kind of walking around a little scared. But in the second one. He's kind of walking around like his poop don't stink. You yeah. know what I mean? Just to set up the, the kind of story, uh, you had uh, Ralph Macchio plays uh, Daniel LaRusso. Before the the, the, the script got green-lighted, they started shooting the movie. It was His name was uh, Daniel Weber, um, a very unassuming name and everything. And then once Ralph Macchio got it, and uh, they changed his last name to match his Italian heritage and everything. Uh, but he comes from Jersey. He moves with his mom. His his dad passed away some time ago. He talks about it briefly in the movie, but not really how his dad passed away or anything, but he just talks about his dad passing away in the second movie after Miyagi's dad's passed away. Um, but he moved. They, they, him and his mom moved to um, California where she's got a job at – what's the – Rece- he, he moves to Reseda, California. Right. Reseda. And what's the, the job that his mom gets? Well, it's, it's at a restaurant as no, a manager. No, because when he first got there, it was a tech company. It was some kind oh, of tech oh, yeah, company. Yeah, yeah, because she says she said, look, I'm making more money uh, doing this at a restaurant than I was uh, with coding or something like that to do with computers. Well, it was very brief because it, it almost didn't mention it. Because there was a deleted scene where they did talk about it. But in this movie, it's like she's working for some kind of tech company, and apparently it went under. Yeah. And then she got a job, you know, with some waitress quit, and so she got the job. Anyways, so they, I don't know why they were escaping the East Coast. I'm sure you can find all kinds of waitressing jobs or why they, why they didn't go back or whatever, but the movie brings them out to California. It wouldn't be much of a movie if that happened. No, it wouldn't. Uh, my, they, my wife has a tendency to do that. She'll be like, well, you know, if they didn't do this and then that, then I was like, you know, look, baby, this, this, like, this ain't going to be a story movie. wouldn't be told <laughs> yeah. because it's a boring story. Um, but, yeah, so he, he moves out there and, and, and the, the, the guy who, uh, what is it called, the foreman? Or not the foreman. The, who, who's, who's the... The guy that fixes things around apartment buildings. Oh, and stuff oh, like maintenance that. man. Uh, I know there's a name for it, but yeah, the, the maintenance guy was uh, is Miyagi, I don't and think you know what you're talking about. He uh, so so basically, you know, Daniel's moved here. He's trying to find his uh, fit in, but he's an East Coast kid, and you know, he's having trouble um, integrating with the West Coast kids because in the West Coast you have the the rich people and the you know the slums kind of thrown together and on the east coast it's all poor people there in new jersey for the most part you know you i say poor people you have the working class people um, whereas yeah he meets elizabeth shoes character and her family's rich and everything which they don't they don't they don't like him at all in fact uh you know she she was currently dating right before he got there apparently he was dating uh you know our intact she was dating yeah she was dating our antagonist of the story or one of our antagonists of the story um the Johnny character, she was dating Johnny, and then she broke up with him for obvious reasons because the guy is a uh, douche. Uh, yes, and and so um, you know now now she was kind of free from him, but she's still you know she's still part of that clique. You know what I mean? Her friends are are still with with his friends and this and that. You know, but but you know she she's one of those people that you know kind of seemed more like you know she she was bewildered with him you know the first the first moment she saw him and she couldn't stop staring him at at him at the beach and he was just well not they were both him. they were both creepily looking they, they staring were, at it. I, they I remember really watching uh, thinking that this time when i watched it i was like it's kind of creepy the way he's just kind of like like looking through her just like doing yeah. what he can to just stare at her and it's like 
Well, and, and, that's creepy. And, and my wife brought up a, a good point with the movie is that uh, my daughter actually was the one that did this, said this, but you know the fact that Elizabeth Shue was two years uh, in real life, two years younger than Ralph Macchio uh-huh. in in the movie, and so she was about twenty twenty one in the movie, and he was more like twenty two twenty three in the movie. Right, but he looks fifteen. And, and yes, yeah, he looks fifteen, but she looks like she's twenty seven. You know, she, yeah. she, not, not saying that she looks old or, you know, anything. She does look like more old, of like an older sister yes, or a babysitter. Yes. Yeah, or or babysitter even like or an, like a, a substitute teacher at that school, you know, or something. Yeah. She does not look like she is 20 years old and younger than, uh, Ralph Macchio's character. But, but that was the case, you know, and, and that was a problem with a lot of teen movies back in the eighties, yeah. the nineties, all that. And maybe even today you have, you know, late, uh, mid to late 20 year old, actors like uh riverdale yeah maybe they're a yeah. bit closer but i mean you know like 90210 these different these different zach efron for one you know yeah, I mean, the, I mean, the guy's these... like not that old but he looks you know yeah. he started you know you 25 he... to 30 year yeah. old actors playing teenagers so that like when you actually look at like real teenagers yeah well look at smallville smallville was the same thing you know i mean yeah. these these guys were supposed to be playing you know uh uh uh, Tom, was, Tom Welling was yeah. He was supposed to be playing a 15 year old yeah. at 23, 24 years old, and there is no way, and nobody can tell me that he looked like he was 15. Because, but I mean, you're you're exactly you right. You kind of get that. lost in the you get lost in if it's a good enough actor, they can make you believe they're younger, yeah, or whatever. And you kind of get lost in in, in TV shows and, and movies and how they portray kids and real kids. But this is one of those rare cases where you have somebody who's 23, but he actually does look like he's 15 years old. He does. He really does. And, and he, you know, he, but again, you know, that's what we were talking about at the beginning. He's one of these people that a lot of people talk about that, that look a lot younger than they really are. Cause I mean, the guy's probably, let's see, when was he born? What year was he born? 61. In? 61. So, I mean, he, he's what, 10, 20 years older than I am. Yeah, I mean he's only a few years younger than our parents. I, that's that's ins- that just I mean even looking at him right now today. Let me let me make sure because I I, I had the year 61 in my head, but it might have been for somebody else. Maybe it's 71. No, 61. Jeez. He's only Louise, a few years younger than, my, than than our parents. Wow, 61 years old. He's 2 years younger than our mom. No, our mom's 21. What are you talking about? <laughs> I just thought about that, and and now that I've said years and 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 said numbers and stuff like that, people are going to be able to figure out how old mom is. I love you, mom. She's going to be so upset. She looks twenty one. She looks twenty one, and no one will tell me. I different. might have to cut this part no, out. Do not cut it out. <laughs> I will let mom know about this. Me. No, I will let her know if you don't cut it, if you cut it out. So, anyways, no, no. I mean the guy. The guy is. I mean. You know what? What? So he's sixty years old, and this is a movie that was about thirty years ago. Okay, and but I mean, it just goes to show How is that dude sixty years old. I don't know. He's got good genes, but but you know the thing is, is he did such a great role in this movie, and and this movie wouldn't be what it was if it wasn't for those two characters of Mr. Miyagi and Daniel, you know, Ralph Macchio and and Pat, you know. This movie would not be what it is if it wasn't for those two characters. What I like about Ralph Macchio's uh, uh, performance in this movie is that uh, a lot of times you'll have you'll have whether it's young adults or kids or whatever they'll react to a certain situation or or they'll be in a certain situation where they're talking to adults and they talk like an adult does. It's like you know yeah. they're they're very they don't have this like this wandering like I still don't know like in in this in this movie you know you have. 
there are certain moments where you can see Mr. Miyagi's real silent and he's trying to explain things to Daniel. And Daniel's still off as in his own yeah, little world. Yeah. Where you're sitting there as a viewer trying to take in these nuggets of wisdom. Yeah. You can you know, he's just like, Oh, you know, he's he's off in his own little world. Yeah. And it doesn't get much better at, by the end of the movie. But I like that because that's how that's how young people are. You know, they, yeah. they don't have a lot yeah. of concentration, the ability to focus on serious things to take in these serious was, moral lessons or and whatever he, it may be. He, you know, and Ralph Macho is in this movie, bar none. You know, he did The Outsiders, was a phenomenal movie, and that's a very dramatic movie. You know, but this movie is there's drama, there's a little bit of comedy in it. But he he's such a natural in this role. Like if you notice him, I mean, just his body language, everything else was just so natural that you real really believed him to be that character. You know, and and. And, and same thing with Mr. Miyagi, you know, I mean, it's hard to see him as being more of a comedic actor and more of a, you know, speaking, speaking American accent, you know, than what he is originally. First time know? I ever remember seeing or hearing Pat Morita was in Karate Kid as Mr. Miyagi. Yeah. So then whenever. Oh, I, well, me too. Me too. Like at Nick at Night, we'd watch Nick at Night and they'd have reruns of. Of Happy Days, yeah, right? He, he was a chef, wasn't he? Or, or he worked in the the, the food stand or the, something, the right? restaurant and stuff. Yeah, but um, I don't know if he owned it or if he was like a cook or a server or whatever. But, but um, you know, w- w- with his character, I mean, and and you know, you get famous lines. I mean, these famous lines are coming from, you know, Pat Pat Morito. You know, him saying, you know, wax on, wax off. You know, that kind of thing, and 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 just showing that, you know. A lot of times, you know, with these martial arts, you know, for instance, um, what is it? Uh, during World War, was it World War Two? I believe one of the wars where, where you know, the Japanese people were not allowed to use martial arts because they it was considered, you know, their bodies were considered weapons. So they came up with something. Uh, what was it? Uh, not wushu. It was. Um, it might have been. It might have been World War One of the earlier wars. But, I don't know. but what it was is they weren't allowed to use martial, martial arts. arts. So they so they created a a form of martial arts that looks like dancing, you know. Where in all reality it was it was it was actually real martial arts. But they they hit it by made it making it look like uh, dancing Tai Chi. I think it was. I want to say maybe that's right. But either way, you know, it was kind of one of those things where you know they were kind of taught to do that you know and, and doesn't Keanu Reeves know Tai Chi probably I, I, I think there's 80 grandmas in Florida that know Tai Chi but um, no but you know it, it's again that's kind of what Ralph Macho's character Mr. Miyagi was kind of like you know he, he taught he taught martial arts to the army because he was in the army and he, he had got like the medal of honor and everything else like this you know and and so he taught martial arts in the military when he was in the military and then um, talking about Miyagi's, yeah, Mr. Miyagi, and and when when he got out of the military, you know, you could tell that you know that that culture, that Japanese culture, they're not about sharing this kind of knowledge with, and that's what a lot of people gave a guff to to Bruce Lee about because he was teaching, you know, the whites how to do martial arts, and and that was not allowed. Well, remember, karate came from from China. Was it China? You sure? Because in the second movie, because, you know, it talks about how he, the first Miyagi was fishing. Yeah. And then suddenly he washed up on the China shore, came back 10 years later with, uh, uh, that's where he learned karate was in China. Okay, okay. Um, and that's why he brought it back to Okinawa and everything like that. But the, yeah, and that's the same thing, like Bruce Lee came from there too, you know. And, and, and the biggest thing is, is just that, 
you know, they, they weren't supposed to teach other people. Like Kung Fu is I think the main martial yeah. arts of China. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but yeah, I think basic karate must have must right. have come from China too. But, Based on karate kid, I don't know. Yeah. But they they weren't supposed to teach other people and, and, and same thing with you know, originally he didn't want to teach, you know, Daniel martial arts until he got actually beat up. And then and then, you know, he, he did get bullied and he got beat up and the Mr. Miyagi kind of was seeing that, you know, this is what he was going through. And then he said, okay, I'm going to teach, I'm, I'm going to teach him the proper way to do it. Basically to defend himself because Mr. Miyagi seems to like throughout all the movies, all the movies, and I'm talking about the third one, even he just pops up when Daniel's in trouble. You know, it's kind of like the, the, the genie or something like yeah. that. Mr. Miyagi's story in this, um, when he meets Mr. Miyagi, doesn't know much about him, but he, he finds out more as he goes along. And um, basically, Mr. Miyagi uh, fell in love with a, a, a girl back in his village in Okinawa, uh, and uh, but she was already arranged to marry his best friend. Uh, but they had fallen in love already, and he wanted to marry her. So he told the whole town that he was wanting to marry her, and uh, um, everybody was pretty upset with it because it was an arranged marriage. And um, not, but, not him and her was arranged marriage. No, no, no. It was arranged between this girl that he who was in love with her, and she was in love with him. But she was arranged to be married to to Miyagi's best friend, and so Mi, uh, Miyagi's best friend challenged him to a fight, which in Okinawa and in their their village means a fight to the death. And instead of doing that, Mr. Miyagi knew I think that he would beat his friend and that he would have yeah. to kill his friend and so instead of doing that he just left everything behind and went to Hawaii um, when he was in Hawaii he met his uh, his wife that he married uh, another woman <clears throat> married her uh, she got pregnant uh, and he went off to war um, but there's a very sad moment during this this movie where he gets drunk and I think it's the anniversary of his wife's death um, but <clears throat> he puts on his war uniform and he remembers her, you know, and he, his he, military uniform. What did I say? War uniform. Well, yeah, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, so he puts it on, but you know, he, 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 he makes little comments like no doctors came land of free home of brave, all this kind of stuff. Um, yeah. what had happened and what I had never caught before watching it, uh, today was that his wife was actually put in an internment camp because, mm-hmm. you know, they had, you know, any anybody that had any Japanese, German, or Italian lineage... After Pearl Harbor. Right, got put in internment camps. And so his wife, his pregnant wife, actually died in childbirth in, in the internment camp because they couldn't get a doctor out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, you know, he was just kind of drunk and just kind of saying, you know, no doctors came, land of free, home of brave. You know, you, you see that he made the sacrifice. He went off to war, and, fought and in the war. That, you know, won, won the highest award possible for any soldier, you know, Medal of Honor, all that yep. kind of stuff. And the fact that, that he did that for a country that's not even his home country... And then what and that they put did his to, wife and his kid in a yes, tournament camp. Absolutely. And then, which is, you know, <clears throat> um, I, he might have even been in an internment camp whenever he came over or whatever. But basically, you know, he, he went to fight. Um, <clears throat> so he didn't have to go into one of those camps and everything. But I mean, he, he, he did the brave thing and fought. And then his wife and child died. And, uh, you know, he left, went to California and never went back to his hometown or anything like that and just kind of been living by himself in solitude. And so then he meets Daniel, sees that Daniel doesn't have a father, sees that Daniel's having, uh, you know, a rough time fitting in with these people, but has some interest in martial arts. So he takes it, 
uh, first, you know, he kind of wants to just protect the boy because he's a bullet boy that's being bullied. But he forms an attachment with him. Because it's like the opposite of his situation. Yeah. Where rather than, you know, um, his wife and his child dying, you know, it's basically like, you know, Daniel's father died. You know what I mean? But his mother and, and, and Daniel's still alive. So it was kind of like, like a puzzle piece that he was, you know didn't know what he was looking for in a way. And, and just, you know, for instance, like to talk about the medals and things like that, you know, Daniel gives him a, you know, a kind of a version of a shadow box, I guess you could say. Yeah. It's a you shadow box. Know, yeah. And, and, and it had his, his medals on there. And Mr. Miyagi, you know, was saying, you know, this, why put it in a box? Why put it in a box? And these medals don't tell you well, that first you're brave. He said, why put them in a box? And then Daniel said, well, because you got these, uh, medals for being a hero. Yeah. This says you're brave. Yeah. And then and he was saying basically this doesn't make you a hero or being brave. He pats his chest. Yeah, he said that's your, your heart does. Basically, meaning that you know <laughs> your 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 heart and your passion and, and and things like that. That's what makes you brave and a hero, not not some silly award. I'm not saying all these awards are silly, but but that his way of saying was that not an award does not make you who you are. That's you one know, part it of the movie. Define you. That's one part I didn't connect with. I, I didn't I didn't agree with because. You know, as military guys, you know, I understand what he was trying to say, but, you know, the awards, the ribbons, the medals, yeah. um, you know, they're, they're, they're things that you receive for, for not only defending your country, but watching out for your brothers and your sisters and, and the brothers and sisters that don't get awards and medals yeah. when they come home. Uh, yeah. Or but because they don't come home or whatever, you know, it, it's 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 kind of partially for them as well. It it is, but I also kind of relate it to um, like <laughs> you watch um, Band of Brothers, right? Yeah. Now it's been a while. Y- where where they they're basically collecting, you know, um, Purple Hearts. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like like I mean they they're literally giving away their own Purple Hearts because they've got so many of them. They're giving it to people that didn't really even earn it, you know. And and in a way, you know, like besides the Medal of Honor, you know, the rest of the medals are important. I believe I believe that they are kind of an important, but I don't think that that, you know, you, you see these people talk about them, you know, these these war heroes and things like that that talk about getting these medals and they don't mean not anything to them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because they they went through this experience and and you know, they felt like the, a medal does not make a person, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't really acknowledge, you know, it might be hard to, to bring up, you know, looking at a medal, knowing what that, that medal's for, you know, in a way. And so maybe that's what the way he was looking at it was like, you know, this medal brings back a lot of bad memories. You know, this medal is not what, who makes me a hero, you know, just cause I went to war, you know, and 1% of the population go, you know, joins the military and stuff like that. It doesn't mean that, you know, um, that that you have to earn an award or you know or whatever else you know just by by, by committing yourself to the military join the military you know uh, signing on that dotted line basically signing your life away you know for however long you know what makes you you know a kind of a hero in, in a sense like that and a, a true hero for this country is is your beliefs in 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 things and 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 you know, you're you're wanting to protect other people, you know, and, and that's kind of what, you know, he, he was trying to instill into Daniel was that, you know, you're, you should protect other people, you know what I mean? You, you should, you should really not do it for yourself. You, you should not do it because you want to be an all-star, you know, and you could see Daniel because Daniel was kind of a little bit, you know, uh, you know, kind of bragging about things, you know, Mr. Miyagi has never been about bragging. Well, he's not, he's not about fighting. He's, he's very anti-fighting. He hates fighting. 
it's like one of those things where like he'd probably win every fight, but yeah. he hates fighting. Um, you know, it, it, it they, they, they talk about it, you know, as far as his medals and awards, I think that's like foreshadowing for him, like winning that tournament, uh, you know, maybe winning yeah. a trophy to the tournament or whatever, you know, that's not what makes you, that's not what solves all your problem fighting, yeah. you know, getting awards for fighting. That's not what solves your problem, you know. Um, he didn't want Daniel to fight that whole time, but then it was him, it was Miyagi that threw down the gauntlet of <clears throat> fighting at the tournament. But In every single movie, have you noticed that? That, yeah. like, even, seriously, Daniel just really, you know, at first, yeah, he, he won the championship, and he would have been perfectly happy of been, been you know, at first he was like, yeah, I want, I want to defend, blah, blah, blah. I don't even have to fight the whole tournament on the second, you know, on the third film or whatever. You know, I wouldn't even have to fight in the whole tournament and, and whatnot. You know, I just have to fight the final round. You know, where, where, and then he finally, no, I don't need this, you know, and, and both of them were like not into this. And then it just took Mr. Miyagi saying, okay, you know what? I don't want Daniel to be picked on anymore. I'm going to, I'm going to teach him how to defend himself. You know, he, he could care less about that tournament. He just didn't want him fighting in the Cobra Kai studio. Well, didn't want him fighting on the streets either. So, you know, he, he makes sure like, like Miyagi does all the real fighting in all the movies. Daniel does all the competition fighting, you know, the ones that are carefully watched, you have rules and all this kind of stuff. So I think Miyagi makes sure that, that Daniel, if he has any problems like that with any of these karate people that, okay, well let's, let's deal with it. Let's make sure that I can get them to stop beating on him so he can train. Yeah. Let me have him fight in a normal, uh, in a professional setting to where yeah. there's not really any life or death stakes yeah. and you can't get really hurt. Well, you remember, you remember in the second one, it wasn't even supposed to be Daniel, uh, that, that was supposed to be the big fight. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm in the movie. It was supposed to, you know, they had it all planned out, but you know, originally in the, it, or not originally, but in the storyline, it was supposed to be Mr. Miyagi against his best friend, you know, to fight, to fight, against but, Sato. but then a storm hit, you know, and then Sato, you know, he finally realized he was just like, you know, I was wrong. You know, he told his student that. He said, I was wrong. Yeah, he said, his he said, violence te- is not the answer. His teaching produced a coward. Yes. Whereas Miyagi's teaching uh, produced uh, a hero, somebody that cares for somebody that will yes. save for the people. Yes, lives. because they, they ended up, you know, Mr. Miyagi and, and Daniel ended up saving, you know, his his best friend who hated Mr. Miyagi, wanted to kill Mr. Miyagi. And also they, that girl that was inexplicably stuck at the top random. of the ladder well, for whatever you know, reason. Daniel had to be the hero of the village. <laughs> He had to be the hero of the village, you know, and and, I was like, and first of all, who left that child up there? And, and second of all, do you, can you actually see Mr. Miyagi crawling up that 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 tower? I don't think so. No. Okay, so you know he he saved the city. You know, originally the the main fight was supposed to be between his best friend and Mr. Miyagi, but then they they squashed it, and then they went to kind of a, a festival dance, what what have you, you know, and then. Uh, you know his his uh, protege comes in. Sato's uh, protege comes in and and is just about had enough of Daniel. You know, and and Mr. Miyagi for that matter. So you know he threatens this girl and and you know my probably one of my probably my favorite scene. And this is something I wanted to talk about. Would but my favorite scene from any of the Karate Kid movies is when. Sato's pro- protege and Daniel are on that little island in the rock, you know, in the little cave or whatever, with the Daniel's new girlfriend, you know, not Elizabeth Shue, but uh, his new girlfriend, and um, you know they they uh, they end up fighting, and you know he, Daniel's pretty much getting his butt whipped, which happens in every single movie, every single and then one. he ends up coming back, but 
you know that that's what makes a good story he doesn't even come back he just gets a few good shots and ends up winning the fight that way <laughs> you know you know what he reminds me of you know the little thing that we were the the little puppet right that you squeeze the trigger and and his fist just goes out like this yeah the you know, rock the, and sock him robot well not that the rock and sock him is like a clown bop him clown or whatever and his his arms just go out or something yeah. but um you know my favorite scene is when you know, Mr. Miyagi and Daniel are pretty much talking to each other without saying a word. Like, yeah, like right at the end. Yeah. And then, then he dr- dun, gets dun, bring dun, up the drum dun, dun, and, dun. and you see the people in the background, you know, are all, are all, you know, full of emotion where Mr. Miyagi is just solid, you know, just, you know, calm, you know, no, no anger, no, no hate, no nothing. I mean, just calm. But I mean, he's, he's doing that drum and then Daniel's looking at him and, and, you know, I mean, they're pretty much nodding at each other, talking, having full conversation, you know, and, and basically telling Daniel to do the rock'em sock'em robot on this guy. And I mean, it's the most, one of the most silliest moves besides the crane kick, you know, um, but it's probably more silly than the crane kick, I'd have to say. But, you know, I mean, he's just doing this rock'em sock'em robot move and, and, but, what do they but call it? they scene, called it like the drum stance or drum something. Yeah, and, and and with that second one, you know, it was it was it was, you know, very accepting of the the culture, you know, of of this American, you know, boy, you know, very accepting this this culture, you know, I mean, because in Okinawa, you know, during that time especially, you know, there's there's an army base there, you know, and and so everybody speaks some sort, you know, versions of English, which. I, you can't tell me that they they speak that good of English there, but no, but they need to never know, know English, right? Right, and, and so you see Mr. Miyagi at the beginning and, and Daniel, you know, arriving on this island, and um, you know they're getting picked up, and they think, oh well, well, we got a welcome wagon here, you know, when in all reality it's just basically you know uh, Soto sending his goons to come pick up Daniel's son and, and uh, Mr. Miyagi so that he can threaten him, basically telling him to leave, yeah. you know, because it, you know, uh, Mr. Miyagi at the beginning of the movie gets a letter from, you know, from his, his old flame, you know, saying that, you know, Hey, uh, your, your father's dying and you know, whatnot, you need to come back here. And so that, and that's why they come to Japan and Daniel's supposed to be going to college, but then he spends his money on college to, to buy a, a plane ticket to Japan. But they win it back through a bet. Yeah, they do. Uh, and because of Daniel and, 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 you know, breaking some ice and stuff. But, breaking you know, they bring him in there. Soto threatens him to leave. And, you know, Mr. Miyagi's like, nah, ain't happening. You know, because Soto knows that, you know, like you were saying, he's got a feeling that I'm pretty sure that he could end up losing to Mr. Miyagi. You know, I mean. Well, I mean, Mr. Miyagi even said it. He he goes, you know, Daniel said, what would you have done if he had uh, punched you back there? And Miyagi just goes, blocked. Yeah. And he goes, you really think you could have been able to? And, and Mr. Miyagi basically said you could have blocked it. Yeah. Well. Well. And on top of that, you know, he they're they're um they were taught by Mr. Miyagi's dad. Right. Both him and his best friend. You know, his dad, their dad was their master instructor, and uh, so which is he, why I didn't understand the whole tearing apart the dojo scene. And about midway through the movie, he's he's mad at Miyagi, and so like one of his last threats. He goes there with all his nephew and all his friends and stuff, and they completely destroy the dojo. But it seems like he had such reverence for Miyagi's father and his training and everything. So I was always kind of like, why would he destroy I, the I think dojo? what it was was, you know, um, you notice a lot, like like in America and a lot of these European countries, you know, a lot of them uh, believe in, in uh, you know, Christianity, things like that. You know, in Japan, it's not like that. You know, they, they don't they don't have... I mean, they have Christianity, obviously, you know, and and probably every other religion imaginable. But, you know, it wasn't, it's, it's very, I feel like, you know, they look at it like 
okay, his father was dead. That they don't need to have. They're not sentimental. You know, it doesn't seem like their culture is sentimental towards the dead. You know, they feel like they've moved on, and then there's that. You but know? there was so much importance put on that guy's um, Soto. Was his name Soto? Yeah, Soto or Sota or something. Um, there's so much importance putting on uh, put on um, you know his uh, his respect or his feelings of honor. You know. Yeah. Um, and so I, I just assumed that, you know, that was really technically his master's dojo and not Miyagi's. Um, but, you but, know, but at the I same time, it, it, it also his last name was not Miyagi, you know, so maybe, maybe, maybe it was Sato. Kind of, Sato. Yeah. So maybe, maybe it was because his name wasn't Mr. Miyagi. So he didn't really have, he didn't have, um, you know, sentiment, sentimentality towards that a place as much as he had towards a, a man, you know, did you like Daniel as a character? I did. Really? I did. I, did. I really did because, again, you know, just growing up in the 80s like I did, you know, I mean, I, I guess you would consider me really a 90s baby because, you know, I mean, I wasn't 10 until the 90s. You're more but, of an 80s baby than I am. Yeah, right, right. But, you know, growing up in the 80s, this was a classic 80s movie. You yeah. know, this this went along with, with you know, Indiana Jones and Star Wars and, and movies like that, you know, back in the 80s, classic, classic 80s kids movies, Lost Boys, things like that, yeah. you know. You know, um, the, these were just classic 80s movies that I grew up with and, and I love to this day. And it, and it really kind of introduced me into to the love of martial arts, you know. And you remember remember this guy right here, B.D. Wong? From Jurassic World. Jurassic well, I was World. just looking at this and I was like, B.D. Wong, I was like, that's the guy from Jurassic yes, World. Yes, he, he appeared in the market for about he quick five seconds. He invites Daniel to a yep. dance club. Yep. So he must have been kind of young then, huh? Yes, yes. I and Ray, uh, my wife saw that and she was just like, "I know that guy." And I said, "Yes, I do too." Uh, yeah. She's like, "Jurassic Park." And, and then Clarence Gilliard, he's the guy uh, with the glasses in Die Hard. Um, he's the one that hacks open the uh, yeah the black dude that yeah. uh, hacks open mm-hmm. the security in in the yep. in the building or whatever. Yeah, Clarence and Gilliard, then- but. Um, I don't like Daniel. When right. I was younger, I did like him. Now, a lot a lot can be said for the newer theory that's happened in the last 10 years or so. Uh, a video came out. A lot of people were talking about um, it. It basically proposed that, that Daniel was the villain of the movie. And Mr. Miyagi. Uh, yeah, Mr. Miyagi to a point. But Daniel was the real bully that came in and just disrupted Johnny's life. Uh, yeah. There's a whole video you can look up. Uh, you can look it up, see what you think. Uh, basically, they're saying that um, you know the other kid never threw the first punch. It was always Daniel that came after him first. Yeah, and, and he, he, Daniel kind of uh, you know basically stirred the honeypot. You know, uh, with kind of you know doing little things to egg him on. You know what I mean? I mean, right? L- like I, that, like I said, you right, know, I mean, blatantly after he found out that that. Um, you know, Shu's character was dating Johnny at one point, you know, Daniel kind of really kind of rubbed it in his face in a while. And remember his master was like, don't touch Daniel until after the tournament. Not only that, but then a couple of months had gone by from the beginning of school to Halloween. And at the Halloween, um, they're kind of minding their own business. They haven't messed. You see them in the same scene with, with Daniel, but they're not like normal cheesy 80s and 90s bad guys where they'll just stare you down because they hate you because they're just supposed to hate you well, they're just they're you know kids. they're they're, they're kids, kids so yeah. they, they they're not paying attention to daniel they haven't had anything and then daniel puts the water hose into the the bathroom stall yeah. and soaks the bully yeah. and everything 
um, you know, he did that first, you know. So there are a lot of points out there that it's like, well, he was – I wouldn't say he's the bully, but I would say that he's asking for a lot of it. Yeah, because he's very arrogant, you know. And and the thing was is too is, I mean, you you consider like – you know, Elizabeth Shue doesn't. Her character just doesn't go from somebody like Johnny to to Daniel Larusso. Yeah, that big because big he has a co- he, it, she sees confidence in him. I think yeah, yeah. But, but it's really just this cocky New Jersey attitude. Yeah. You know, he you know they're they're the bullies are kind of passive. Like they're jackasses. They'll 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 mess with them and make fun of him and stuff. But they don't actually really get physical until he tries to get physical, yeah. and that's kind of like his his go to reaction. Well, in all reality, you know, the master of the Cobra Kai, um, what's his name, Crease, Crease, he he was truly the the real villain in the movies you know i mean he he really was about because i mean even johnny johnny like when when john crease told character told him you know sweep the leg he looked at him he said i don't want to do that yeah you know, and that's he, another he thing do that is that yeah you if one he uh, the one guy that takes out his Apologizes leg after he, go, he goes i'm sorry i'm sorry uh, so i didn't want to do it yeah yeah he, he he apologized and even when the bullies have him up against the fence uh, in the yeah. first part of the movie he's like what are you doing johnny he's like knock it off we can you know don't get that serious yeah that's what i like about this movie is that it's not the typical 80s high school bully where you know the things that they do would get him put in, in jail be, if, well, for being when, a when sociopath. You, right. When you say high school bu- bully, you're talking about movie version of high school. That's bully. what I yeah. That's what yeah. I was saying. Like movies or TVs where it's like I'm bad, so I got to be bad all the time and everything. That's not how kids are. Like no. you know, you, no. you got kids that can be bullies and jackasses, but they're not that way for the most part it, it, all yeah, the time. Because the antagonist and protagonist are are it's really kind of. You know, in, in in real life, it's really very a lot more murky than it is in the movies. Where in the movies, you, it's it's a it's a defined protagonist and antagonist in the movies. You know, it's always you know who this person is, and you know who this person is, and this person is one way, this person is the other. Right, is one. There's way. no nuance. There, there's no middle road. There's right. no gray area. It, exactly. And there, life is nothing but gray. But gray areas, area correct. And 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 like you said, you know, you, you just realize you're like. You know, at first you're kind of like, oh, I don't like this guy. Well, okay, he's not that bad. He's just a teenager, you know, where... where and it expands on that in Cobra Kai because you see he grows up and he's a normal guy. The yeah. the the, uh, the, um, the Johnny character, you know, he's a normal guy. He's just he, he is a jackass. I mean, yeah. but I mean, he's he's kind of grumpy and everything. But I mean, he's not like this evil evil guy. You know, yeah. he's just kind of this normal guy. You know, he sees he sees um, Daniel's face up on billboards and stuff, <laughs> and he's just like rolling his eyes and shaking his head, like he's still like he doesn't hate the guy, but yeah. he's just like I. I really don't like that guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, and, and, and too, you know, you you also notice after the first fight, you know, the first tournament and whatever, and, I mean, he pretty much calls his master, the, the master of Cobra Kai, I mean, the guy loses all his students all at once, but he calls him a loser, you know? Yeah. And, and then, I mean, I got to say that end scene where he punches through two different car windows, I'm like... Okay, this well, is the beginning of part acting. two. Yeah, yeah, this is and, some bad acting. And when it was scripted to be the ending of part one, uh, it was going to end with him on the ground and all those students, including Johnny, taking off their belts and throwing them on him, yeah. like being done with Cobra Kai yeah. and everything. But yeah, when he was punching through windows and I'm like, you know, I'm like, you know, obviously Miyagi expects for that to happen. So Miyagi's is responsible for these. Uh, I'm thinking about these other people, yeah. you know, with their damaged windows. <laughs> you know, Angie would come Who's to the window and be like, who the hell broke my window? <laughs> who is paying for this? Yeah. But, but you know, it's, it, 
I, I love the fact that Mr. Miyagi did the the honking thing, and then you know Daniel does it at the end yeah, too. Yeah. You know, but I mean th- that was great. That was Live great. or die, man. Yeah, <laughs> I love that line. Uh, Me but, and Henry will do that every once in a while. We're playing around. And I'm like tickling him. Like, I'm gonna get him or something. And I'm like, liver time, man. <laughs> but the fact that Mr. Miyagi does it, does the honking thing, you know, and, and you see, you really see that Mr. Miyagi is not like a mythical person. Like a lot of these martial arts movies tries to make the master being, you know, mythical or, you know, a hundred percent serious. He's got like when he breaks those bottles, and he's like, yeah, he's like, what did you learn to do there? Did you know you could do that or something? He goes, I don't know. That was the first time. Yeah. Or, or like the, or with the ice thing, you know, he's like, you know, uh, Daniel's like, oh, I, I can just, I'll just chop through this ice. You know, you got to get your hip in there and this and like that. And then when Mr. Miyagi's like, yeah, he's going to break all six. Yeah. And he's like, uh, no, I can't do this. Uh, can't do this. But then Mr. Miyagi's like, yes, you can. Yes, you can. You know, and, and it's, it's just very. Well, he goes to pray hands. As, yeah, as Lego yeah. Batman would say, pray hands. Pray yeah, hands. but I mean, it's just kind of funny because too, you know, like you know, Daniel's trying to teach um, in the third one, for for instance, you know, he's trying to kind of teach his new girl, you know, the basis of martial arts, and and he's kind of right on it where you know they take things from nature and and they take, um, in fact, you know, like I was talking before was you know with martial arts, they banned, you know, at a certain point they banned you weren't allowed to teach martial arts or learn you know learn martial arts you weren't allowed to have weapons and so they you know nowadays weapons like nunchucks and stuff like that they were originally for cutting down wheat yeah you know but then they became a weapon you know and that, that kind of thing you know and and that's how daniel and, uh, was trying to Saya show was used as kebabs yeah no <laughs> no no they were used to cook hot dogs on the fire but uh those uh, processed hot dogs back in ancient <laughs> But, but, you know, it, that he's right, you know, in a lot of that, you know, and that's why Mr. Miyagi was teaching him, you know, using waxing a car just to kind of I teach wanted him. to ask about that. What do you think about those, those, those training? Because, I mean, most movies you have them like, you know, punching a bag or, or you, you know, you're teaching right. them certain techniques. But, you know, this reminded me of, or should I say, when I watched Arrow, it reminded me of Karate Kid, the the the, the CW show Arrow. In that show, um, the the chick I forgot what her name was, but she teaches Green Arrow. You can't say chick. I, I, she teaches Green Arrow how to shoot uh, the bow and arrow, but has them slap water for a few days. Yeah. Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah. Just slap water over and over, yeah. and then when all the water was gone, he had to fill it back up and slap it again. Yep. And so it was like these weird things where you're like, why am I doing this? And then it gave him the strength. To basically yeah. pull the bow back. Well, and, and and I truly believe that's the cornerstone. That's that's the uh, the beginnings of martial arts. And I've read a lot about that, you know. And yeah. and, and and it is the the basis of martial arts is, you know, taking things from nature and learning from it. And and what animal certain animals do. And and I mean, look at kung fu. It's based off of animals and and the way that they move. And you crane know, like and tiger, crane and snake and whatever. You know, but but I feel like that's where the 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 origins of martial arts came for. And and you know, this movie perfectly showed that you know i mean him painting a fence you know or, or painting yeah, a house or showed the, and and when sanding or, my son was asking me he's like why is he doing all those chores and everything and i was like well watch what it does and then you see in the end that it's all blocking techniques yep and miyagi's not teaching him how to attack not he's not teaching him how to throw Offense, a punch he's not defense. teaching him how to throw a kick he's teaching him the jedi way you know he's teaching him yep. about defense you know yep. it's everything that he learns and he doesn't even realize he's learning it but yep. all those te- techniques that he learns in the first movies are basically all 
uh, blocks. And then I guess yeah. off screen, he taught yeah. him counter strikes or whatever. But well, the crane kick, if you remember, he, he was trying to learn balance in the ocean yeah. as the waves are going by. But Mr. Miyagi was uh, just doing the crane kick. And, you know, Daniel saw that and said, hey, can you teach me that? You know, and, and but again, like you were saying, you know, it, it was all about defense. Way. It was all about protecting himself. And those around him, you know, and that's how Mr. Miyagi always really was, you know. Well, you know, the crane kick is supposed to be indefensible because in the first movie he says, if if do right, um, what did he say? If do right, uh, none can defend. Unless you're in the second movie. And Basically you- <laughs> saying if you do it right, it can't be defended against. And in the second movie, I guess Daniel didn't, didn't do, do it right, right because <laughs> he got laid out for it and everything. And yeah. then he decided, okay, I'm going to Well, do, that guy, you see that I'm guy just brushes it aside. Yeah, yeah. That, that guy brushes aside a rock'em sock'em robot. A rock'em but, sock'em robot. But, you know, in the long run, I, I feel like, you know, these these are one of those classic movies that I'll always I'll show my kids. And, and, you know, hopefully they show their kids and, you know... Ralph Macho will always be to me Daniel Daniel Son and then uh you know Pat Morito will always be Mr. Miyagi and I guarantee you that's going to be like for everybody. Yeah. Yeah, I mean this movie is good. It's you know I don't know if I'd suggest anybody watch part 1 and part 2 or any of the older ones uh now but uh, with Cobra Kai being out, I definitely suggest you watch the first one before coming back to Cobra Kai. Uh, if you want to, you can watch the second one. I enjoy the second one. The second one is actually probably... I realize that the first one is a better movie, but the second one is like more my favorite. Me I too. Enjoy, Me I enjoy too, that really. movie. Really. I enjoy that movie a little bit more. And maybe it's because I saw it less than I saw the original yeah. when I was younger. Well, just being able to see Japan too. I mean, just seeing mean that Hawaii. culture. Hawaii, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, so I don't I, know, actually. I don't, was it filmed in... Was I, I don't know where it was filmed, but I thought it, it was like Okinawa Hawaii. because they keep on saying it was Okinawa. Well, yeah, they say it, but I mean, the, well, you yeah. know, based on where they filmed. Like watching Lost and saying it wasn't Yeah, Hawaii Lost, uh, that was Hawaii too, so. Jurassic uh, Park. I, and I think it was Hawaii, like, yeah, Oahu is where they, they filmed that. Well, so. well, I mean, even then, just kind of seeing, seeing that side of that, I mean, it, it just... It, it was pretty good. I, I liked it a lot better. I mean, granted, in a way, there was actually less fighting... And less training necessary. I mean, yeah, you saw you did the whole cutback scene, you know, and everything. Less training. Yeah, and the, you saw the cut cut scenes to Mr. Miyagi and Danielson on the beach doing whatever, and and uh, I think it's a, I think it's that I, I find Miyagi so so fascinating, and I really enjoy his character. So it's cool for me to to dig yeah. into his background and go yeah. back there. But I mean, obviously, part one has way more iconic lines. As a the more iconic line, soundtrack's better in part but two. But the song is more iconic in part two. It was by Chicago. Please and, don't sing it again. Uh, <laughs> I, the, <laughs> just to let you, you know, he literally sung it on fa- Facetime yesterday, and uh, I think my dogs, cats barking. I think even my son, my, but I my did baby that. was barking too. So. I did that because you said your wife hates that song, so yeah. I wanted to make well, sure. Well, she, she hates anything that was was. Uh, from the 80s so. uh, I wanted to make sure she heard that but I enjoy that song I don't care what people say oh I, love I it. like it I love it um, yeah. um, in the first one though it's you're the best you're the best oh, nothing's gonna ever keep you down so but that movie was actually written uh, it almost was in two other movies 
So first it was in it was going to be in Rocky, right? yeah, and Rocky uh, it was going to be in Rocky three, and uh, Sylvester Stallone went through that song. He went through another one, Bites of Dust, but couldn't get the license for it or whatever. But anyways, he finally settled on Eye of the Tiger, which was perfect for Rocky. Absolutely. So then they were going to use that song in Footloose, or not Footloose. Um, what's the other one? Uh, Flashdance. Flashdance. Yeah, the dancing. So, but they used Frantic uh, or yeah. Maniac. I'm sorry. Yeah. She's a maniac, yeah. man. So that, that that song used that, which is perfect for that movie. Yeah. So this song finally landed in the first Karate Kid. You're the best around for the competition montage. And I think it just worked out just perfect because that's that's where that needs to be. And, and a lot of these soundtracks, you know, a lot of these certain songs are, you know, a lot of people call them like the Karate Kid song, you know, and, and, and you know. The songs are almost as popular as the movies, yeah. really, you know? Should we end this episode with one of those we songs? Should. We should. <laughs> or maybe do a, a, a mashup of the two. I'm sure somebody has done that. I don't know. Maybe. We'll see. But uh, we'll go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, like I said, if you get the chance to watch uh, Cobra Kai, definitely watch that because we'll be coming out with a new episode here coming uh, in the next week or two. Um uh, and that's going to be on Cobra Kai, and it's good to get a background. You, you might be pretty confused going into Cobra Kai if you haven't watched Karate Kid first. So go watch Karate Kid uh, if you got some extra things. And part two, it's on net. They're on Netflix. They're free if you have Netflix. Um, watch watch the first one if you got time. Go ahead and throw on the second one. It's pretty good too. Um, and uh, and then and then watch some Cobra Kai and and then join us again whenever we watch uh, or whenever we review uh, Cobra Kai series. I think we're just gonna do the first two seasons because that's all it's yeah. out right now. I yeah. believe they're working on the third, but we'll have to check in on. Well, that. They, they're making a move too, so they're moving from YouTube to uh, I believe either Netflix or Amazon. I can't remember which okay. one. We were actually thinking about doing some kind of merch, you know, maybe some T-shirts and and hats to start with and. We just want to see if there's any kind of uh, want for that. Um, we might do it anyways, and just you know, hand them out or uh, you know, put them on a on a, on a website and uh, see what you guys think or whatever. So uh, maybe let us know. Shoot us an email. You know, at um, the uh, at the post credit podcast at gmail dot com. I'm, I'm bad with stuff like no. That. You're good. Uh, our email is the post credit podcast at gmail dot com. Our Facebook and Instagram is the post credit podcast. Uh, we're we're on our way to getting a Twitter. So give us a little bit to get that Twitter done. But um, yeah, definitely. If you guys want to get some merch, we're gonna uh, we're gonna do that. Uh, we're gonna uh, we'll try to give merch out to our guests that come on. Um, but if you want a shirt, a hat, we're, we're going to make those available soon. Um, and uh, also... And, and mom and dad, we got you. That's we right. We got you. That's no right. worries there. And if you have any uh, any experience doing any kind of uh, podcasting or any kind of experience in the movie or TV uh, business, and you're listening in and, and would like to be on an episode... Uh, Definitely shoot us an email at the postcreditpodcast at gmail.com. Or, or, or even if you're very passionate and, you know, super fans of any, any type of movie or TV show or, or so, stuff like that, let us know too. Yeah, we want to get people on here to talk. Uh, me, and, me and Andrew have a good conversation, uh, but it's good to get other voices in here as well. We had the Justified guys on here, had a really good conversation about uh, the show Justified. Um, that was like a two and a half hour long conversation that, that we had to cut down a little bit for time. But um, we also had uh, uh, the filmmaker. aliens abducted me during that episode, so I, I, I just couldn't make yeah, it. Drew was a little sick during that episode, so he couldn't he couldn't make it for that one. But then we also had Sarab Miramont, a filmmaker, uh, come on a couple episodes ago and uh, give some real good insight. So if you're out there, you got any kind of information like that, uh, you, you, you do any work. 
that we can kind of collaborate with or whatever, let us know. Drop us an email. Uh, send us a message on Facebook, Instagram, anything like that. We'll get back to you. Um, we appreciate you guys listening, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Throw me a bow.